Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week's topic is about the relationships we have with our dogs, and it is absolutely listener-inspired. So like I always say, I do take requests, so make sure to send me a note if you have something that you want me to talk about. But anyway, this one is about relationships and really to the point of, you know, when we strip away the cheese and uh, the toys and even the pets, you know, being able to like schmoopy schmoop on our dogs, um, what, what do we take into the ring, right? Because we don't take those things into the ring. What's left, as this listener um, proposes, is what's left is our relationship. And I would say there's a few other things, right? There's training. Um, there's our voice. I think that people don't put enough value on our voice because many rings allow you to talk. Not all of them, <laughs> but many rings do. And so what meaning does your voice have? And um, and I think there's this, there's this great exercise that one of my instructors always had us play. I think maybe in puppy class or one of the foundation classes is, was they wanted to see like, can you get your dog excited using just your voice? Or can you get your dog to play using just you? No toys, no treats, nothing. Will your dog play with just you? And I think these are great exercises and all of them are really important, but it does get down to the relationships that we have with our dogs. And of course, we love them. Of course, they are pets, companions, um, just members of the family first, right? I mean, as I record, one's on the couch next to me, you know, two other ones are on the floor around me. I mean, my dogs are always part of my life, right? And so, of course, that's true. And it's also part of why, you know, some people will say like, oh, my dog's really good at, my burner's really good at agility. You should take him. And I'm thinking like, no, that that training starts at home, like on the couch, on the floor, in the daily, right? And those of us who do dog sports know that it's not just our training time. It's not just when we have a treat or a toy in our hands that matters. It's all the time. And we're always training because we're always building relationship. And we're either, you know, it's almost like that putting money into an account, taking money out sort of analogy that we're always either investing in our relationship or we're not. And so I think it's fascinating. And I even once devoted a month in the membership about it. And what we started with actually that month was, um, what's the relationship you ha- want to have? Like, have you ever even asked yourself, what is the vision that you have for your relationship with your dog? And it was interesting. It was an interesting uh, conversation or a topic or lesson that we had that week. And it really, for the most part, people don't think about it, not consciously anyway. What I see and what I see in myself too is the relationships I have with my my dogs um, are really repeated, right? They're repeated from 
other relationships with other dogs or other horses or even other people. And um, I think it's really interesting that for the most part, you know, we keep repeating our relationship style um, because it's what we know. So sometimes we try to recreate it. We try to um, recreate familiar patterns, even if they're not great. It's just what we know. Um, we always are trying to do better. We try to catch ourselves. We build our awareness. But at, at some point, we're kind of doing what we know. All right. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think that developing awareness around our relationships and maybe even our relationship style and really developing almost like a vision for what we want our relationships to be is really important. So if I, you know, look around my house of three, um, I have pretty similar relationships with them on the surface level. And, um, but going deeper, obviously, you know what I'm already going to say, because Moxie's like the star of the, the, the real star of this podcast. Um, but I realized that my relationship with Moxie needed to be different, that what I had done before, um, what I was used to doing for better or worse, wasn't going to work. And I actually um, had a little bit of an aha moment. This is like a little bit maybe too deep for this podcast, but I'll share it anyway. And that I had a realization that I was repeating with my relationship with Moxie how one of my parents was with me. I know. I said it was deep. I warned you. It it's too deep for this podcast probably. But my point is, is that when I looked at that, that I was treating her like I was treated as a kid. I mean, first of all, I mean, the, the flood of emotions, right? Like shame, embarrassment. Um, I don't, I, you know, just like, oh my God, like must drink more. Like, I mean, all of the reactions, you know, were, were there. And, um, but it really helped me realize like how I was relating to her needed to be different and it needed to be different for both of us clearly um save the therapy bills and um and it also is a great reminder that not only do our training styles have to change with each dog but our relationship styles might have to change with each dog as well um because yes at the end of the day when we walk into the ring for the most part for most venues and I'm generalizing um, we don't get to take in treats and rewards and things like that. So when we get into, quote, trouble, when a mistake happens, we can't just reach in our pocket and throw a toy or grab a treat and work through it in the way that we would in practice. And I think it's one of those things that really makes... Um, you know, they say, you know, uh, you should run like you practice at home. And of course, that's true. Um, but there's a lot of other factors that I think people aren't doing at home, perhaps, that make them more ready to kind of follow through on that, right? Um, sure, I have a freaking genius at home. We're like, I don't know, like we're on like Mach 72 at home. Um, but when we, when I walk into the ring, I don't necessarily, I can't usually pull that off, right? And I think that one of the reasons I can't always pull that off, that I can't always run in competition like I practice at home 
Um, there are a million factors, right? The environment's different. We're both feeling the adrenaline of the environment, the stress of ourselves, of the competitors around us, you know, the judge, da, 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 the laundry. It's a laundry list of things that are different, which is why, you know, competing is hard, right? Because the environment is its own um, entity in a way, you know, chock full of its own variables. But, you know, one of those things that, you know, people really rely on in training is they rely on the food to um, tell the dog that they did it right, right? Or the absence of food to tell the dog that they did it wrong or toy or whatever is your reward system. And so I think it's really interesting that if someone took all that away, tomorrow and you had to go practice tomorrow without any reward system, what would you do? Would you use voice? Would you use your hands? You know, your petting or, you know, schmoopy schmoopy or whatever you would use. And, um, you know, I, I don't try to go into training on this podcast because like I've said a million times before, there are so many better people at it than I. I am a lifelong student and, um, you know, and I like to go into these topics because I learn when we talk about these things and I get feedback from everyone and I appreciate all of that. And I get better as a result. So thank you. Um, but I do think that this is a topic worth um, really playing with and having you really um, kind of see it through. Okay. So we want uh, to make sure that we are, that our relationship essentially is strong enough or positive enough or however you want to frame it, your words, to see us through the mistakes, right? Because when times are good, it's all like, you know, yippies and skippies, right? You know, but it's when we miss the weaves or we screw up something or something happens or we get the dog that's not as confident so they appear to shut down um, because they're wait- they don't know how to be successful, how are we being there for them? What is our relationship in that moment? You know, um, I had one dog, you know, and you look back and of course it's very clear, you know, through hindsight, but I had one dog that if I really messed up, he would bark at me. Right. And I know that that's kind of a a semi-common thing among some breeds. It's not super common in mine, but he did. There was one time specifically, he came up to me, put both front feet on my stomach, which he never did, pushed off and barked at me as if to say, honestly, what are we doing out here? Like, do you have a plan? Like this is, I'm embarrassed for us right now. Right. And he was right, of course. Um, But not all dogs do that. Right. You know, as we've discussed, Moxie is going to stress down or shut down or just kind of be like, you know what, I'm just not going to move or do anything that I'm not sure of so that I don't mess it up, you know, Um, and Indy, I would describe as a little more, um, she's got a little spiteful streak, actually. There was one time she had a bar in something and I accidentally marked it, you know, like I said, like, hey, or something um, over it. And the weaves were next and she got up to the weaves and she stopped dead. And she looked at me as if to say, don't you ever correct my bar? Not, you know, I don't have bars normally. Don't you ever correct it? I never want to hear it out of your mouth. And I was like, could you please do the weaves? And she's like, mm-hmm. do we understand each other? Okay, fine. I mean, it was so clear and I could go on, right? We have, we all have those stories. All right. But I think what those stories illustrate is relationship, right? If Moxie experiences stress and shuts down, 
that to me speaks of our relationship. If Indy experiences stress and decides to tell me off, (laughs) right? That's a very different, more healthy, probably relationship. Or if my first dog, you know, comes up to me, literally smacks me and, and barks at me, that speaks to a different relationship, right? And so I would rather have the first that, you know, the one I have with Indy and the one I had with that first dog, um, then the one that I had w- with Moxie and, you know, in having the goal of having her have fun and having her build confidence also comes that relationship because whatever's happening in the ring, somebody once told me somebody way smarter than I said that whatever problem you're having in the ring, you're having it somewhere else outside the ring. You just don't see it yet. Okay. And I thought that was super powerful. And I was trying to solve, I think stays at the time, like when, when we used to have to do long out of sight stays in obedience. And I was trying to, that's was the problem. I took me a while to solve. And, um, but I thought that was fascinating that whatever problem you are having in the ring, you're having it somewhere else. And so when I looked at Moxie and her weave poles, I thought, well, I'm not asking her to weave you know, in my kitchen, you know, like we don't do weaves on, you know, at home, but it, again, it speaks to relationship. Where else is this problem popping up? Where else does your dog not trust you or not believe that you'll be there for them? And again, I'm personalizing. I'm not saying this is everybody's problem. Um, where else does your dog not trust maybe that you know where you're going um, or that they don't have a really great wait or stay? And actually that's true everywhere in their behavior, right? And again, making things up for brainstorming purposes, just trying to sort of get those juices rolling. Um, And it's a really interesting thing to think about, but it's also a very vulnerable conversation to have with yourself because it takes us wanting to be really honest and being really willing to do the work and have the answer potentially be, oh, it's me. (laughs) I'm the problem. Okay. Which of course, in my case with Moxie was the problem, right? It wasn't a training problem. It wasn't a knowledge problem. It was a confidence problem. And in one trial in particular, I remember my mantra was be the handler. She needs me to be right. Like in other words, be there for her, whatever shows up for her, be there for her because that's what she needs. She needs to know that I'm there for her. And that is very different than being the person in charge of remembering where we're going, right? Um, And maybe you're to that point in your relationship where it's just so easy and so smooth. And, you know, that's what we love about running our our older, more experienced dogs, that old shoe comment or the, you know, comfy pair of slippers comment that you hear people make. Um, Because, but when you think about it, what you love about that is the relationship. You know, that took you years and years to build and years and years to be able to just know what each other's thinking and know where the other entity is without even looking and just, you know, everything by feel and flow and all those beautiful things. You know, you worked for that, you know, and maybe you didn't think you were working consciously on it, but you were. And I think this is such a terrific thing also to think about for mindset because so often people will try mindset things looking for the quick fix. Um, But really, it is the relationship you're having with yourself and with competition and with the game, right? And so when I look at, you know, mindset or performance work or things like that, that have to do with our brains and how we approach it, to me, it's my, what is my relationship with the game? 
Does it make me nervous? Does it freak me out? Do I love it? Um, you know, and then we get go deeper because, well, we don't do this game alone. We do it with a partner. And while many of the mistakes are our own, we're still doing it with a partner. So now you got to think of like, okay, well, that's part of the game too. And what's my mindset and how, what's my approach when I think of my relationship with my dog? And what, what can I ask of them? And am I asking too much of them because our relationship doesn't warrant that or won't support that ask? So when I'm in a situation with Moxie where I'm asking kind of too much from her that our relationship doesn't support, she's like, no, I can't. I don't, I don't, for whatever reason, whether she doesn't trust me, she doesn't like me in that moment, or, you know, she doesn't feel confident and she doesn't feel confident because I'm not making her feel, whatever, whatever it is, that's a really great tell. And by the way, I'm not saying that all things, all problems that you're having in the ring are boiling down to relationship. That's why this is not a podcast about dog training. Um, But it is a a reminder for us to think about, okay, if someone took away your reward system, um, well, first of all, maybe what is your reward system? And are you relying really heavily on, you know, treats or toys or even verbal that you don't have when you walk into the ring. So then after that, like, well, what is the relationship you do want to be? And you can't just say, well, I want her to feel like that old shoe. Well, okay, great. In eight years and, you know, um, and, you know, a million trials, you know, you'll, you'll finally have that. But like, seriously, think about what's, what's your vision, have a vision for your relationship and what you want that to be. And, um, you know, it's something I've not been able to trial in the last few months as much as I would like to, but it actually probably has been really good for our relationships, which I think is kind of interesting. So anywho, um, I thought this was a great topic and a great thing to remind everyone that, you know, when you're in the ring, um, you, all you have is you and your dog and your relationship. And of course your experience and your training and all of the skills. But most times when we don't get the result we want in the ring, it's not typically a failure of skill or knowledge. If you think about it, right? We might not have been able to execute the exercise in that moment, you know, again, whether it's an obedience exercise or whether it's agility, um, piece or, you know, anything else. Um, so think about like, well, why was that a failure? Was it a failure of just like, Hey, this is part of the sport. The sport's hard. You know, we just didn't make, get it there. Or was there something else? And when everything else is stripped away, how is your relationship and will your relationship support you through, I mean, I know it sounds corny, but through good times and bad, (laughs) right? Is your relationship strong enough to do that? And then finally, once you kind of figure out what's the relationship I want, how do I want this to work? You know, now you're going to need a plan of like, well, how am I going to work on it? And how, what am I going to do? Or what are the milestones? Or how will I know I'm making progress? So my challenge to you this week is to really think about that and really do a relationship vision. You know, take some notes in your journal, like what's the relationship you want to have? And try not to to or try to avoid the natural thing, which is, well, I want this dog to have the same relationship I had with that dog. Because that's not 
going to happen, <laughs> right? Um, you know, my relationships, I've, I have similar but yet very different relationships with each one of my dogs. And um, similar in terms of habits, right? If we're hanging around the house, they kind of interact with me similarly, but our individual relationships are very different. So that's your homework. Develop a vision for what you want, um, a plan for how you want to get there. And if you need support, Okay, if you're like, I don't have any idea how I want to get there, then you might start identifying what support you need to help you figure that out, right? And it could be a communicator, it could be all the way to a behaviorist, or it could be just an instructor or a friend who kind of watches out and be like, hey, can you watch me? Like, even while our warm up and like, tell me what you're seeing or something like that. But again, it takes you being willing to get a little bit vulnerable and being able to take um, criticism from or input from your friends or whoever you ask for help, but also from your dog, because your dog is giving you feedback all the time. Okay. And, um, and like I said, I've solved many a problem or at least gotten a lot of help from communicators, which I lovingly call couples therapy. And so that might be a way to go as well. Okay. But so this week, make it about your relationship and take a really good look at what is the relationship you have and how would you like it to be? Okay. So whatever you're doing with your dog this week, whatever you're doing to play in your relationship, I hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.